Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Michael Sandoval and Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. Hello, my name is Michael Sandoval. I'm Chris Detzel. And welcome to another episode of uh, Peers Over Beers podcast. Yeah. Nice to see you, uh, Chris. Uh, so today I'm having the Vienna Lager from uh, Lakewood Brewing Company. Um, and I think yeah, you're this having... one you had last. I forget this one. It's yeah, it's, uh, it's called El Chingon. From, El Chingon, yeah. Uh, gosh, I forget the name of the... Um, it's an IPA. Oh my gosh, Texas Brew Project? Oh gosh. Yeah, it's Kelly. very oh, hoppy and, and not as... Too much grapefruit? No, it's a little too much. Something. Oh, really? Well, so. it's pretty much El Chingon. <laughs> but I'll get through it, I promise. <laughs> well, cheers, Chris. Cheers. So when we uh, were doing our, our pre-show, uh, pardon me. Mm. Take a drink. Yeah, that's good. When we were doing our pre-show, we were, we were discussing a bunch of things, and <clears throat> one of them was around things to think about when you're getting a new vendor for your community oh, yeah. right yeah and so i was listing these things and we'll, we'll talk about another podcast but one thing we were getting around was around metrics and you were talking about your current situation around case deflection yeah and i thought we talk about it a lot yeah i thought we kind of almost do like a live not live because when you hear this it won't be live but i mean we'll, just let's talk about in, case deflection yeah i mean honestly that's we hear it a lot, especially now. This is a very specific thing about communities, right? So there's yeah. different types of communities. This is a, a community in which you are a support community. Yeah. So the support community is supposed to help in support, supporting the customer through their issues Product troubles, problems, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or in our case, product. my case, product problems. So it, I have a theory on case deflection. Okay. I know what it is, but... I'm curious, at your company, at Emperor, what do they consider? What do they consider a case, and what is a case deflection? Yeah, let, let's kind of walk through um, kind of the beginning, right? And then, yeah. um, you know, we can figure out if we know what case deflection really That's is. That's a very fair point. So it um, kind of take the customer through the support. So side. today, the, the or a year ago, um, the way, and a year ago plus, you know, Imperva is has been around since... I think 2004 or something like that. So we've been around for a long time. Um, and the, the way a customer uh, gets help with their product problems is through um, creating a case. So they have to literally go uh, to our site and log in through what we call a portal and then create a case. And I, and I think they can also create a case through email. So they can email like support at imperva.com and then that creates a case for them as well um, so that's one way and and uh, we've bought several products along the way um, uh, or several companies along the way uh, to integrate into our other products but those customers today even uh, have to log into another portal and create a case that way um, and so we have a few different ways customers can create cases um, through some different portals uh, we believe that the uh, Community, and I think most people can believe this as well, is that um, uh, when customers create uh, cases over and over, the same kind of cases, we can start putting that on community, right? And community allows you to search through Google, you know, SEO, uh, search on the site, 
you know, through uh, and those kinds of things. And so, you know, really in the beginning, what you try to do is resolve those cases that are coming in over and over again, right? And then just put that on the community and, you know, lead the customer that way through, you know, you ask support to put that uh, an automated message on there to go to the community and look for it. You uh, put that on uh, some pages on the site, you know, by creating some banners and things like that. So there's a lot of ways to kind of get customer to go to the community that, you know, so that they can create just a post or just search and things like that. So we believe, though, that uh, part of case deflection is, um, you know, when a customer has a problem with their product, we want them to search on Google. I don't care where they are. They can go to Google, search, and we want to be on the first page Google. And when we do that, we win. If we're not there and a customer searches for a product problem, we lose. So I believe that, uh, one, uh, you know, when I define case deflection, it's getting the answers that customers need uh, quickly um, and through Google or through wherever they are. Uh, but, I, but I also believe that, you know, trying to prove that um, is very difficult and say, oh, yeah, that's case deflection. How do you do that? You know, and, and um, things like that. So we have all kinds of technology type of challenges that we have to overcome in our own organization before we can really integrate you know community to different you know um, uh, you know like Salesforce or any of the case management systems etc but uh, that that is something that we're we will do over time mm. so <clears throat> just from a customer journey perspective so yep. if, a, if, a, if a customer has a problem with your product yep um, and to give some context, this is security level yeah. type of stuff. So yeah. we're talking high, high security uh, type Cyber of Cyber security. Cyber security. Very, yeah, actually be very specific. And it's uh, a SaaS provided product, right? And on-premise uh, as well? We have both. Okay, so you have both type of products. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking through the customer's eyes. So when you have a problem, um, if shit just went down, yep. there, there seems to be like a hotline number is my guess, right? You can... Call. Yeah, there, there is. They, they, customers can call certain places, you know, if, uh, and we have escalation teams and things like that that can, um, you know, answer questions quickly or get to your question quickly and that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah. But even in that case, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to it in a little bit. But under normal circumstances, they can come to your come to your website and sounds like they have to enter through some portal. Yeah, that's right. And then they get to create a case. And so mm -hmm. this... That's one way to do that's it. That's one way to do it. You yeah. can do email. We and, have email, yeah. And where does this go? Does like some sort of central database? You have another software that takes yeah, care of that? Yeah, well, that depends on the, um, uh, the, I guess, technology. But in one instance, you know, you can uh, send a, an email to um, uh, one of our, like Zendesk or whatever. And Zendesk, it automatically creates a case and it puts it into one of the queues of... Um, support agents interesting okay so zendesk is the well, that's case one management of, oh one it's of one of them interesting yeah. okay okay that's, oh this that's is getting, the challenges so. this is getting more interesting okay yeah and what's the other technology if you don't mind sharing i forget what it's called but it's through salesforce um, okay a salesforce yeah, type I mean, of product yeah yeah okay and i'm assuming they don't talk to each other no no not today well it's never going to talk to each other so, so uh, as you escalate and the reason i'm asking all these questions is because it kind of helps well, it helps define what is you know, the data, right? Where, yeah, does, where does the data come from, right? I agree. Um, as a support 
engineer yep. or support That's right. staff. So support engineer. Yep. Do they have to manage both queues? Uh, no. Uh, they, they have um, – we have experts or engineers that are specific in either the cloud or, or the on-prem. So we have different experts for each each one today is how that works. So they're not experts in all things because they're two different products, you know. Yeah, but at those customers, when they do, they know they have to go to one. No, uh, well, that that's the challenge. Is the, the customer experience there is not great, you know, and, and that's something that over time we were working on. But, um, uh, you know, sometimes our customers have both products. Sometimes our customers only have one type of product. It could be the cloud. It could be the database or the uh, on-prem. Um, and so, so maybe. <laughs> no, this is this is interesting. So, like in that's my, what I'm telling you. Maybe. So yeah, I'm, I'm being very specific. Nebulous for for a reason because yeah. you there's there's some directional yeah thoughts around that, right? Is there a central support team? Uh, we have support teams um, in one, two, three, four, at least four countries mm. uh, to kind of uh, balance out that twenty four seven. Uh, support so that customer we have customers all around the world so um so we so we definitely have support teams all in, in four to five uh one two let's see one at least three countries and uh in in several different time zones right so yeah um and i'll i'll, I'll stop pressing because i'm, I'm cause yeah, like yeah. in my head what was interesting, you start. We started talking about this idea of case deflection. What is case deflection? It was yeah. really good to go back to the beginning and say, yep. "Well, let's take you through the customer experience, yep. right? And and why a customer would do that." And and I guess in my so head, so let's back up. So quickly, and hmm. then we can go. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I think this is important. The other thing is, customers have to create a login today for um, uh, the community as well. So it's just another login that customers have to have. Because of kind of the, the the stuff that I just mentioned before, does mm. that make sense? You it know, does. with all these different logins, um, mm. you know, to create a case, to to try to get help and things like that. So it's just you know something that we're working through, and 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 uh, we'll get there very soon, hopefully. But uh, well, let's talk about service level support. So, what is the expectation of a customer when they were when they submit a case to hear something back from Improva? Um, it probably depends on their contract, but you know there is definitely SLAs. Uh, some could be twenty-four hours. Some could be within a few hours. I mean, it's not necessarily. Hey, if if I get this case today, that it has to be resolved in two hours or four hours or twenty-four hours. But it has to. We have to acknowledge it. We have to say, hey, we got your case. We're working on this right now. You know, I mean, there has to be some interaction between us and the customer between X number of hours in, in a lot of cases and that SLA is paid for yeah yeah I mean it's sometimes built into the product or you know they can pay for additional services mm. we, we, we also have um, what they call TAMS which customers pay for you know it's an additional service um, technical account managers that can just work on your um, you and your products and help you get the most out of your product uh, that know all the technical backgrounds about specific products and, and what I mean it gets you know these multi-million dollar uh, contracts that customers some customers spend you know 
you need somebody there to really guide you through the technical stuff you know that's going on within a big organization right so you know tams really help a lot we do have customer success managers that help it's not always technical oh it's not always technical but uh, uh customer success managers help uh in some ways to guide them through our organization um and things like that um the reason i'm asking these questions is because it it is not far at all from a lot of other support type of companies that do software yeah overall, i agree right? with you i agree with you where you have a like just kind of a if i were to throw out what i sense right which is a a somewhat i wouldn't say fractured but a maybe a i'll use the word fractured fractured support team based on product lines not yep. necessarily centralized um you have um because of the sales team have created various levels of support hmm. contracts and, and, and nothing wrong about it they're just trying to do the right thing financially but they offer either a lot or a little depending on what people pay for and so there's not i don't know if there is but it could be a variation on what they get on support contracts and um and there's some conf i wouldn't say there's confusion because the customer just goes to the website but what is the right way to get support uh, to your product, right? So it just depends. It, it depends, right? <laughs> it does <laughs> because uh, on the other side, I, I've seen it on two sides, right? So if you are very close to the salesperson, you go straight to the salesperson or to Improva. If well, that's a, right, you know, and, and a lot of people will go to the salesperson. Yep. And if you're just a, an engineer working on the product, you're going to yep. go to Google. You'll yeah. tap into something. I mean, go to Google. I tell people all the time that. Every person in the world today does, if they need help, where are they going to go? Do you think they want to go to a salesperson? Do you think they want to go and create a ticket? Do you think they want to? No, they don't want to do any of that. They just search it on Google. And what if we're the first, um, uh, if, if we are on the first page of Google to answer that question, we win, right? Customers get the questions that they want from a community standpoint. Um, and if you're not, then I, I don't know if I said this already. I know I said it to you, but we lose. We lose if we if we're not on Google and a customer searches uh, something. Yeah, and let's kind of uh, around that topic. And I've used that term before. Um, it, the reason that is true is because if a customer's impression of your product is based on, in this case, how well you are helping them on the support side. Right? That's so right. If if a customer senses that you are not upfront with them in the support, if you're not first with a tissue when they need it, yeah, they will go somewhere else. And if they start seeing, say, results from a competitor with very That's similar right. type of problems, they may say, hey, this other guy seems to have their shit together. Maybe I should use them instead. Right. So there's this kind of perception issue. I agree. Think about this is, and, and I know you know this already, but when a customer searches something on Google and they find the answer that they're looking for, number one, they're happy that they got the answer that, you know, to them and to any of us, when I search something on Google, I expect the answer to be there. And if it's not there, I'm fucking pissed. You know what I mean? Especially if I have a product and it's not there and it's like, how the fuck am I going to find this answer? Maybe I searched in five or six different ways you know, and if I still don't find the answer, you lose. And and the nice thing about um, getting the answer quickly is that 
you know, it shows that you have a great support system in place on online way of getting answers quickly. And that starts creating, um, you know, uh, uh, loyalty. It starts creating advocates. Um, and, and, it, and it says, hey, look, this company has their shit together and we're getting whatever we need. You know, whatever I have a problem with, boom, I can find it. The thing so, is, is you're always going to have problems, right? Yeah. Always. So anyways. No, no, no. I, I, I agree. I, I think it's the other thing that I have. I always press upon when I, I talk to senior uh, folks. You know, well, Mike, we don't have to worry about our big guys because they have, when our customer sneezes, they're pretty much handed the tissue, right? They're, here you go. Right. When um, I say um, you may do that for a few people. Right. right, but you have to understand this is a very large. These are very large customers, you know, very large customers, and that's right. Let's just react about how you just did about when I have a problem. I mean, the first thing I do, just think about your own, your own technical life. Like if you have a problem on your computer or whatever it would be, that you're technical gonna, people are going to Google to find the answer. Yes, they period. are. I have data to show that's very true. So, <laughs> I mean, so they're going to go to Google to, to hit enter, right? And hopefully that maybe in their first three or five results, they're going to see something that sounds like their answer. That's right. right? And I think they will do, I, can't, I have to say things, I don't have necessarily the data, but I, f I have a very good intuition that they will do that first before going to any of these other it's type just, of support. It's mechanisms. not just common sense. I, I believe that the data just will easily show that. Um, so I was writing a few things about when we were talking about case deflection, just in this particular case, right? Because it, it to me, is th the reason why this is valuable, because how are you going to get a metric for something you don't know what to measure? Exactly. Right? I don't so, know. <laughs> Tell me, Michael, <laughs> so please. The, the first thing that, like, if I were to think about it, is what true? What is the customer experience? How does yeah. the customer get help today? Yeah. And then, what do you want to change? Hmm. Right. So, if today, if the experience is a little bit of Google, but a lot of sales support, physical, like hand-to-hand -hand yeah. combat. Yeah, yeah. And only a few people, because creating a login onto a site sounds like you have to have authorization to do that at a case level. Yeah, of course. Right. So knowing that you have person, to be a customer and all that. Kind yeah, of stuff. that's yep. a lot of overhead to understand that, mm. right? Um, and then it being sent physically, mm -hmm. and then what happens on this other side? How does it get logged, and who manages it, and number of people required to finish a case, right? Yeah, I mean, that's all worked out, you know, in, in most big organizations like ours, right? But, you, you well, case deflection's not. Right, because we haven't even talked about the case deflection part. We just right. talked about what is what does it look like today? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, and yeah. then with community, what does it look like tomorrow? Yeah. So that's a, that's a that's big... That's things I'm always trying to think yeah. about. So that's my number one. I would write down the whiteboard and mm. almost figure that out. The second thing that's in my head. We should is, do that right now. <laughs> I can totally do it right now. <laughs> so the second thing that goes in my head is how is the community part of the marketing support stack, right? So that sounds like a, uh, what the hell does that mean, Mike? So when you go to market and you sell your product, one of the main things you're going to sell your product is, and we have tier one support. We've got the greatest mm -hmm. support out there, right? What does that mean? What yeah. does that mean? So typically in a SaaS environment is there's two types of support. There's uh, you can go at it alone or you can pay for support yeah and paying for support has probably some tiers right sometimes gold silver and platinum whatever. platinum or bronze or whatever they have these yeah, kind yeah. of support support levels and you just mentioned one is you're gonna have 
a dedicated person, maybe some small level support. All yeah. su- all software teams have that. Well, if you have, say, let's just have, let's just say hypothetically, you have a vibrant community where technical questions are being answered back and forth. What's the value in me buying support? Well, it depends on who the customer is, but I think the value of buying support is is number one. Is especially if you're in this big organization, and you're trying to deal with these technical issues. You know that Tam or technical account manager knows or has done some of those things and knows exactly the issue, right? I mean, that's I, I think there's value in in having that. But, you know, that's kind of the gold glove or platinum glove support that you get, you know, to uh, from the organization. Yeah. And the reason I'm, I'm poking this question, yeah. is because if once you understand what your go to market strategy is for the community and the support stack, yeah. then case deflection metrics become easy. Here's an example. So if let's just say and I'm going to be very broad. Got to. If you want, you know, Mr. Customer, you have three types of support. Support A for a nominal fee is that you get a response from us within a day. I'm just throwing that out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The other type of support is that you get a response from us within, say, 24 hours. Okay. Yeah. And then we have a, a free version in which anyone can participate. And the answers may not come directly from an engineer, but from the community. Yeah. You have this other type of uh, that's a support. good way to kind of think about it and, and start pushing and you, sales to add that in there anyways and then you can look at it <laughs> from a term of and it may take 24 to plus hours and we cannot guarantee the support yeah right so if you give those if you give it in structure in that term hmm. right that there's always a free option but there is some there's nothing wrong about it it can help you through and you can have a plus a a free plus right which yeah. is you have the community. Um, You're always going to have the community, no matter what. No matter what, right? That's going to yeah, be always your free. base, right? right. And, it, and it's and it's free, not as a, but there's good knowledge there, there's but it may not help yeah. your very specific problem, right. right? So by putting that into a context that means something in your case deflection metrics, for example, if if you define a case, so let's just def- the way I define a case deflection is very simple. If you get in a case. That, I mean, if you have a case and it gets through, it's a fulfilled case. So if you have, let's just say you have two that comes in and two get fulfilled within a certain amount of time. Let's just say that you have the same amount of cases, but instead of two, now you only have one, even though the total number of customers has not changed and you know the support is the same. So in a, in a sense, you've deflected one of those cases because you have proof that the second case came from the community, right? They were able to get their help through the community, right? The question so, is, so help me understand how they just got proof. Yeah, I don't. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. the, we're going to get into the whole okay, idea of okay, how it, does it, one it, prove that, right? Yeah, well, first, yeah. you have to define. Well, what is the case? Yeah, right. Which is where we're kind of going back forth. Because if you define a case as any cases that come in and the number of deflection, you may not actually get a really good number. Yeah. Because your clock doesn't start ticking until things that have been there for more than 48 hours. Mm. Because that's when the community kicks in. The first part of those cases are going to be your your tier one problems. Those are guys and gals who are having server down issues. You can't help those cases. 
but community you need you need immediate help right but yeah they're being you know uh, hacked or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. you're not gonna go <laughs> well, let's just go into the uh, internet just go to the community and um i am being hacked enter <laughs> <laughs> probably not a good idea so the reason have I some s- common sense the reason i say is because um be- because case deflection is is a very broad term we like to use as, as, as a way to metric the community. Right. But we have to define what is a case and what does it mean to be deflected in your commu- in your company. Mm, yeah. So we've defined what a case is. We, we just defined those. Yeah. And you have to understand how the community plays in the in the in the met in the marketing, right? So if we hmm. so if we haven't done that work, like that's that's where I would go first is okay. let's understand where the community plays in the support story of our product. And once you define that, then you can say, great, that means any cases, and I'm just being very broad, any cases that are within that SLA forward, let's understand those data points. Okay. And then let's understand what what does a d- case deflection look like for that. So for example, let's just say you did those numbers, we did as we said, we did as we such, we, we did as we, I'm sorry, talked about. And you say, okay, Chris, we had 400 cases in December that fit your criteria. Yeah. Okay. And um, and you say, okay, great. Yeah. Right. The the next way to to do this is to look at because your community is not broad yet; it's still very niche. Yeah. 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 You almost have to do the next layer and say, of those cases, which one of those? have current topics being discussed in my community. Hmm. Chris, we have a hundred of them that have your your number. Now we need to track that over time and say, let's look at that cut and look at, at three months. Okay. Let's look at a three-month case yeah. and look at those exact same number of cases and the same filters. And let's look at those cases over a three-month period and note that it's time. And then we need to look at the number of of searches being done on the yeah. community okay. and on Google to see how many have re- have come to a very specific page yep. with an answer. Would okay. you say there's some time they should have spent on there, or should you define that? No, I would, because here's how I would, okay. I would, I would uh, kind of look at the other way, because there's what somebody's going to say right now and say, "Oh, Mike, just by you getting a single view." Anyway, we're we're still recording, but. Uh, uh, I'll bring up to speed what we were talking about last and then uh, the point. So what we were talking about is um, uh, the filtered set. So you like you have 400 and then you have, say, of yep. the one, that the 100 of the ones that are talked about in your community, right, yep. that, that product. And let's look at that over a three-month period. Okay. And then um, let's go back into your community, right, yep. and talk about the number of views and visits. Okay. For Using visits. I'm okay. uh, oh, sorry. That was two. That was two different terms. But actual visits, people, individual individuals, okay, who have come to a single forum view, right? Okay. To a single forum. So this isn't page views, then. No, no, no. So what we're wanting to see is the number of people who have come to a to a, a community page, like an actual forum page, right? right? Got it. Because theoretically. You know what I remember about uh, discussions is that it takes a really long time for people to really start uh, from a Google standpoint. It takes a little, because it's not so detailed. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it answers the question, and, and maybe you know customers have specific issues, and maybe that that helps. But um, but it takes generally a while for that to really index or to get to the first page yep. of Google. Yep. I mean that's what I learned when we were at Rexel is like discussions. You know, eventually some really good stuff would happen with Google, but it it took a really long time. But then when you if you had like wiki articles or blogs or whatever. That shit starts indexing like crazy. In the old days, we used to see exactly what a customer came to the website for. So they would, <laughs> we could see their actual search term. Nice. Um, they got rid of it for obvious reasons. but um, So we could point to whenever a customer used quotes. That means mm. they were implicitly looking for something specific, yeah. a problem that they had. So yeah. we could attribute it. We could do a direct, direct attribution. But the reason I said looking at very specific forum posts is because they, that they, they got there for a reason. They got yeah. there because they think that's the answer. Now, what I do is then use a factor of, of I reduce it by a factor of 90%. So let's just say you received 1,000 individual people in three months. Okay. And they say, well, Chris, <laughs> how do you attribute 1,000 people as being a case inflection? Well, okay, okay, okay. Fair. I'm just saying that there's been 1,000 people who have come to these individual sites. Let's just use a huge curve factor. Let's just say 90% of that is just complete they just click the they link just, they and just click the link and left, right? So let's just say just but you can you can see that by minutes that they're on the page. Yeah, yeah. I mean there's Anyways. there's a ways you can do it. But so then I would say just let's just assume ten percent of that number was an actual real person. Sounds like you're still making shit up. No no no. It, it's not making <laughs> shit up. <laughs> well No, because I I I I, I, it's I, probably a good number. I don't disagree, but I feel like, um, you know, these these people that really try to solve the case deflection, there's seems to be a thousand ways to fucking do it, you know. And I'm like, um, okay, maybe. Well, because but because, I agree, there has to be a way. Yeah. Because so the you, only the only way to do it properly is to put them into two systems. So, the same customer would have to put in their problem. Oh, I see. Yeah, you well, know. Okay. Because <laughs> how else how else can you measure the deflection, right? right? So a customer puts in their problem into the community. A customer puts in their problem into how the system. This? How about this? So I, I see what you're saying. How about you figure out a way to connect the systems? That, okay, so um, you connect them and say, well, we know for a fact this these customers, uh, well, I guess it, it's hard. Uh, you So with... Let's back up. With Higher Logic, you can look at every single day all the page views and which customers, if they weren't from Google, uh, looked at what pages. So I could say, Michael Sandoval from this company looked at all these things, these dates, right? And they never um, created a case. So it looks like, potentially, that's a potential, that he never created a case, so he got all his answers from these particular things. Now, then you can go to Google to say, well, all the people that you know just came from Google looked at these things, right? And so we, so there's some good data with, like, for example, Higher Logic that tells you what customers look at, uh, search terms. Excuse me. You can look at all the search terms that they did on the community specifically, not in Google, but. Um, so there's some good data around, you know, that kind of stuff. And then there's got to be a way to say, 
Well, we know that this this is a customer number one because they're on the community and they looked at these things. So let, let's take. I it don't a, know. No, no, no. Take, let's take it a step step forward. So uh, my dad and Alaska would say this: What does the state look before? What does the state look at? Well, good point. Okay, so if we use that if we use that model, you need to know a customer who was an avid uh, support user before. Yeah. Okay. And whether or not that avid support user is now in the community and you've seen their cases go down over time. Yeah, you can say, well, last year they looked at, they, they created 100 cases. This year they only created 10 or, you know, yeah, And now, now I think about it, you just need a really good crack uh, data analyst yeah. and they can do it really quick. So you would take all the cases and the individual users that came in and created a case, look at those individuals for which they have signed up for the community on that, on a date. Yep. And then see if those people have submitted the same, hmm. more or less cases since having signed up for the community. Yeah, this this, this takes time, and, and people have to realize that this takes time. Well, <laughs> yes, because it needs it needs to run for time, right? This is yeah, this is the thing. Four time, like four years. <laughs> oh, I would think. Uh, and then there's a ramp period. So you're having this interesting point where you have a ramp period problem. Yeah. Right? So yeah. You, right now I do. Yeah. 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 So. It's new. It's only maybe, three months old. Let's so see, October, November. Maybe, maybe yeah, as we three. as we discuss this, right? So, I, I'm looking at the way we used to do before, which was just mm. using some Google numbers and kind of using that as a hypothesis okay. and doing a theory, right? So this yeah. idea that you can take your total amount of views and and if you didn't have any of the customer data, you can say let me just let me just throw out nine yeah. of those cases instead of one, and then of the thousand, a hundred people are coming in, and then if you combine that with the number of cases that are going down, you can make a, a strong statement though not imp not explicit but showing that there is cases um cases going down over time yeah um but the i think the better way to do it is to do customer by customer to see whether or not those individual customers i agree are because we know or i know who my customers are or i can at least do do a manual lookup from you know, the community to our CRM system to, to say, yeah, this is a customer and, and they've done this many cases versus now. So it's not, a, it's complex, but there's, there's gotta be ways to do it. You know, and I've heard some people, um, you know, folks like Rich Mullington, uh, has some good ideas and things like that. And, um, you know, some other community kind of gurus have done it, you know, like there's one company that I know has done a, a, an amazing job is BMC software, but their community has been around 10 plus years, right? Of and course they have data. Yeah. And they have a ton of data and I think they hired a consultant to really help with that number, case deflection, but also something we didn't talk about too, though, was retention and, uh, um, uh, cross sell and upsell. So I, I think there's those things that we didn't talk about today, uh, that we should probably talk about in the next, uh, podcast. Okay. Well, let's, let's send this, uh, um, we'll go ahead and end this podcast. There's a couple of things I want to just highlight just from yeah. my discussion points. Um, one is the very beginning, and mind you, you'll hear about halfway through, I ran out of batteries, and yeah, he ran out of batteries, it's weird, but whatever. Um, but uh, one, we really spent a lot of time talking about the community, I mean, about the experience, right? So, mm. what is your what is your customer experience look like yeah. for support? That has to be mapped first. Secondly, was around how does community play in the market go-to-market strategy for your product yeah. as far as support. That, that would be another good discussion to have just generally with your team and what does it look like. 
And then, yeah, that'd be a great discussion. And then based on that, give me some ideas today. So thank you. Yeah, so based on that, you almost have to figure out, okay, now I know the parameters because I don't want to be graded on things I don't have uh, relevance to. Yeah. yeah. Now that you have that, and there's a, a high level way to look at it using just Google numbers. Or I think we in discussion, uh, you probably go to point. It was we'll just look at it by customer to customer. Yeah, but that's going to require some data analytic hacking, right? Really looking at the data uh, for a customer. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, with that, we'll end. And uh, thank you very much for listening to another episode of uh, Peers Over Beers. My name is Michael Sandoval, and I'm Chris Stetzel. All right, thank you very much. Goodbye.